we ready? We ready to go, Dave? Yeah, We're recording. Um, feel free to drink on the podcast. It's not a big okay. deal. Just if you feel sure. like a drink, go if for I, it. If I feel like I'm drying out. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what's in the bottle. Right? <laughs> I was going to say. Oh, yeah. So feel free to drink. It and is just, just water. We, we drink in podcasts. It's just like a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah, probably wouldn't present real well. <laughs> that water smells funny. Hello and welcome to the Chip Launch Podcast. Uh, it is excellent to have everyone here. Uh, it's Ethan. I'm back. I haven't been back for a while. Uh, and I'm rejoined uh, it's by Joel. Joel. It's Joel. It's Joel. <laughs> He's back. And Joel, we have a guest. Yes. It's Karen. It's Karen. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Karen, you've got to say, it's Karen. It's Karen. There yeah. we go. We're in. <laughs> One Podcast of the many over. Karens at Solis. Yeah, there is. There's a, a few of you. Yes. Now, and and you even are married to a Karen. Yes, that's yes. right. My mm. wife is a Karen. Um, <laughs> it sounds bad when you start calling people Karens now. Because, you know, you know the, the yeah, meme we, of we've like... we've had a bit of negative... Um, Publicity. Publicity, <laughs> yes. Actually, what this podcast is about. None of the Karens I know are like how they describe us. We're, we're mm. all very nice Karens. You're not asking to speak to the manager very often? No. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is, though, with my, like, I think you're right about what you're saying with um, most Karens being not Karens. Mm. I think that's true about my wife, but then there's other times where it's just like, wow. Like she just she got fired up about where that. did that come from? Yeah, like uh, that, and it's like something that's really important to. Her. I remember once, and this is going to sound pretty hoity-toity, but we were actually <laughs> oh, we, went, we went overseas. We went overseas with my family back, like at the end of year twelve. So we'd only been going out for seven months or something, and we we're lining up for the Eiffel Tower, and someone mm. behind was being a little bit obnoxious and just, you know. Just being annoying, and then started like pushing because in the line for the office tower, it's really like packed. Yeah, and then just starts pushing. Karen just turns around and goes, "Excuse me, <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't know. That. I've never seen this side of you before." I think it would have been more hoity-toity if she had turned around and done it in French. It's like, excusez-moi. <laughs> yeah, but they weren't French. I don't think. Oh, they were okay. French. Yeah, okay. In the line. But anyway, sorry. Back to the back to the. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> I'm backing up. Welcome, Karen. Yes, welcome, Thank Karen. You. Uh, now, as always, the introductory question mm. that we like to ask on the Chip Lunch podcast is, how do you like to eat your hot chips? Well, definitely plain. Yes. Definitely plain. Just, just salt. <laughs> Making a comeback because Marty why last I, week why was Why am I even here? So plain salt. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming back. Anyway. I grew up in no, a household where there were food intolerances yeah, and right. dislikes. We even had our spaghetti bolognese with just the plain brown mints there was no really? tomato paste oh in really wow. okay. so okay. i'm a very plain eater yeah that's fine <laughs> that's not bad and any so no sauce then no obviously no nope, you just not chips, even tomato sauce. Sauce. chips just, with plain just salt. salt wow yeah. okay. there you go cool mm. i like that mm-hmm. i like that yeah, because, that's respectable and this is what i said like we have a battle on the chip punch podcast mm. about chicken salt and plain salt mm. And I said, you can't change, I always say, you can't change the classics with the plain salt. You've got to keep plain salt. And then chicken salt is like, oh, we're, it's like they came up with it in a lab. Surely it's it's a classic by now though, right? Yeah. Like, I don't even actually like the taste of chicken salt. Neither do I really. (laughs) That's why I don't like it that much. It's like occasional, maybe occasional, but other people like we've had on the podcast, like I would like the same amount of chip to chicken salt ratio like yeah i'm not there like wow. that's just so much it yeah. is and again it's just it's not it doesn't look good anyway no. uh any uh, particular mm. shop that you like to get your chips from me like i'm always Ooh. going back there or perhaps a memory from childhood actually i was just remembering then that the best hot chips i had were at college oh so really yeah mm. which was cumberland college of health sciences which is now sydney uni out at lincoln <laughs> yeah, and okay. that cafe had the best hot chips Really, and that's yes. not that's not bad for a you know, a uni break yeah, or true. college break, and you're like, oh, this mm. is over, and now I'm going to get some hot chips. Yeah, is everyone getting the hot chips? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back in those days, you only had the option of plain salt. I think I I don't think chicken salt existed on hot chips back then. I can't oh, remember. When we looked at the history of chicken salt, yeah, where it yeah came when from, did it become popular? It was popular? something that they took back over to England. Wasn't yeah. It? Oh. Yeah. To for some reason, okay. I can't remember why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was we. <weird, laughs> 
scroll back through our episodes. We talked about it at some point. Yeah, it's like episode three or something. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> early. But um, but yeah, it was very interesting. I'm I'm actually oh. devastated that I can't remember the facts because it was it was hilarious. Okay. Like, it was very odd. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, why not I ask this question? And then while you're doing that, I'll look up some facts about chicken salt. <laughs> Good uh, idea. <laughs> even though this is the most important question. <laughs> uh, Karen, how did you become a Christian? Well, when I was a little girl, I attended church with my parents and my brothers up until about six or seven years old and then we stopped going. Um, and I used to love scripture lesson, lessons all through infants and primary school. High school, you didn't have scripture on a weekly basis. It was just somebody came in maybe once a term, mm -hmm. um, but I always loved those visits. And then when I was 16 and started dating my now husband, um, he said to me, oh, well, I've grown up going to Guyman Baptist Church with my family. Would you like to come along? And I was thinking, yes, this is great. I've even met a guy that mm. is involved with church and seems to have great morals. And um, yeah, so then I became a, a committed Christian then at 17, 18 years old when I started attending a Bible study group through the church. Mm. Hmm. And what do you think, and this is a, a kind of sub-question I always like to ask after someone says how they become a Christian, what do you think changed for you from that point on? Mm. Um, up until that point, I believed in God, but it was after doing the Bible study and becoming a Christian that I actually understood what that meant to me, mm. what it meant to believe in God and what Jesus did for us and it all made sense. Mm. Mm. Are we, um, we were talking about um, in Ephesians mm. at the moment well, we, at church and the, Paul's talking in Ephesians about the mystery being revealed. It's kind of like the, yes. the mystery was revealed yeah. as, you, as, you, as you became a Christian and you received the Spirit. And yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Um, you also mentioned scripture there. Why do you think that you liked scripture so much? I think... Um, that I really enjoyed Sunday school. Like the, I'd know mum and dad were in the church doing something. I didn't understand really, <laughs> but I loved being where I was in the Sunday school lesson, mm. and I loved the teachers that I had and the the messages that they taught us. And so I think then when we stopped going to church as a family, but I was still having that weekly input from the scripture teacher, and I think, oh yeah, I used to love always hearing about this when I went to Sunday school. Mm each Sunday so um, it was just um, always there and I think I always had a faith. It, um, I remember once I might have been about 10 and I it was leading up to Christmas time and I said to my dad, Dad what does Christmas actually mean? And he said oh would you like me to take you to a church service and we actually went to Guymere Anglican it was just <laughs> yeah. he and, and um, him and myself and um, yeah it was lovely I really enjoyed it but then didn't go back to a Christmas church service or a church service until 16 mm -hmm. when I met my husband. Yeah. Well, that's always like, because you, you, you went pretty quickly over the time of you stopped going, your family stopped going between, you know, five, five or six or something like yeah, that. Yeah, somewhere around there. And then there. You, you went, you ended up going back with, I'm sorry, what's your husband's name? Scott. Scott. Yeah. So when you and Scott are going out, you went back to church. Can you tell us about that time in between? Because, uh, that, they're obviously their formative years. As mm. well. I mean, mm. all years are probably formative, I think, to a degree. But tell us about, were you disappointed that you, your family stopped going to church? And you said you probably weren't, didn't realise yeah. that you were probably looking to keep going to church yourself? Yeah, I think because we stopped going when I was so young, like around mm. six, I didn't really ask why we stopped mm. going. I, I don't really know why we stopped going to church. Um, but because it was something that I really enjoyed um, and I enjoyed the learning at Sunday school that the attendance, well, attendance, the, the weekly scripture lessons with the teacher coming in was so special to me. And I guess um, that just kept me interested in wanting to know more about God, mm. what, what it all meant. Because well, you spoke about when you went back with... Uh, Scott that it was like oh yes I actually really want to do this yeah yeah so I think because I'd always enjoyed that weekly input with scripture although in the in high school it was more monthly or two monthly mm. um, anytime I had that input 
I it, it was really special to me. Mm. So I think when I found out that, wow, I've started dating this guy who's involved with the church and I was really happy about that. Mm. I, I think I was probably like, thank you, God, you've <laughs> sent me this guy who's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a dream boat. <laughs> um, so uh, does that mean you met at high school? Yes, we did. Okay. Yes. He was the year above me and a friend of mine knew him through water polo they play water polo together Mm -hmm. and she was telling me about this guy he was really nice and then one day we saw him in the playground she said that's him and I thought okay so I've heard he's really nice Mm. and he's actually really nice looking too he's got a really nice smile (laughs) I thought wow I could be on uh, you know he he could be a a winner this one (laughs) and my older brother was in his year at school so I was asking my brother questions about him Mm. and he used to say to me he won't be interested in you. <laughs> that's, that's brutal, isn't it? The rest is history. 32 yeah. years later of marriage, yeah. yeah. He must have been interested in me. <laughs> isn't that brutal? Where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm interested in that person. And then someone's like, they won't go out. With yeah, you. yeah, like, oh, that's right. right. But that's what brothers are for. Aren't yeah, they? Oh, no, 100%. Like to, to put you down. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You've, you've done that to your brother? No, I just, no. <laughs> I haven't. The amount of jokes I just thought of just then are all brotherly ones though so oh, I just won't say them any, any appropriate for the podcast or oh not? it's not that they're not appropriate it's just that they're a bit mean oh okay <laughs> you don't want to don't want to reveal that about yourself no like you can you, you guys now know it's in my heart but it doesn't need to be <laughs> <laughs> just the, the the brother the brotherly quips are very quick mm. and that was it was they're just right, right. very easy to come up with yeah okay it's, yeah um <laughs> but yeah, so uh, what about bringing it back to bringing it back to your story what about um Gaimi Bats was particularly, oh, this is really cool. I really, um, mm. really wanting to get back into this. Mm. Mm. So um, Scott's sister, who's a few years older, she said to me um, not long after I started attending the church with Scott, oh, I'm in a Bible study group, Karen, would you like to come along? And it was a beautiful group of ladies, um, mixed ages. And through that, I committed my life to God, became a Christian. And I didn't tell the group at first. Mm. We were we were finishing up the group for some reason and and the leader said one day, Oh, would ever anyone like to share what they got out of the group? And and I said, Oh yeah, I became a Christian. <laughs> and I'm like, Karen, why didn't you tell her? So yeah. <laughs> but um hmm. I guess that's sort of been um me too. Like I, I I've I've probably had more of a quiet faith than a bold faith. Although I, I did end up being scripture teacher for 20 years, which is mm. one way of sharing my faith. But I, I wasn't one to go around. I guess it was a lack of confidence. I, I, I wasn't one to go around to anybody I met and say, mm. hey, by the way, I'm a Christian. Yeah. I tried to live it out mm. by my actions. Mm. Yeah. So. I, think, I think scripture teaching, though, is a, is a hugely bold yeah. thing to do and, and, yeah. and I, it, is, it is different like I, 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 I totally get yeah. um, I get the nuance there but I think um, there is a certain confidence in um, and a certain um, and definitely an importance uh, in scripture teaching and um, and uh, what what was it actually before I uh, I don't need to unpack that anymore um, what was it that made you want to go and how'd you get into that? Well, our eldest daughter was at Sutherland Chai Christian School for her infancy years mm-hmm. and we moved from around the corner from that school to Grace Point when she was finishing up year two, I think. And we decided that it would be good for her to go to school locally mm-hmm. and um, and meet local kids. So, yeah, that was a hard decision to pull her out of the Christian school because it was lovely there. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was just, just a feeling that, Scott and I had and then I felt this nudge saying well Karen if if Amy our daughter is going to lose that regular Christian input by not Mm. being in a Christian school maybe you could be a scripture teacher at her new school Mm. and that's how I got into it (laughs) I, I think I was thinking it would be more of a monthly or term Thing, like it used to be at high school yes. with scripture yep. and then so when I once I put my hand up I found out it was weekly and I was like <laughs> oh okay mm. right and and the first term I was petrified and I was thinking these kids are crazy how do hmm. I control them but after that I just settled into it and yeah and kept going for 20 years it was only 
COVID in the last couple of years that stopped that because you couldn't go into schools yeah, anymore. Fully. So, um, so yeah, I haven't got back into it. I've ended up um, moving, just moving into a different area of children's mm. ministry at the church. So, mm. um, yeah, but, but I found it quite ironic that I became a scripture teacher because scripture was so important to mm. me as a child. So, um, I never thought back then that I would be a scripture teacher one day. And... Funnily enough, I was yours and Eli's. Mm, yeah. And Eli used to say to me, oh, Karen, what church do you go to? Why don't you come to our church? <laughs> <laughs> and eventually I did. Yeah, you did eventually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Eli was out there mm. advertising Salt Lake. Bringing people along. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, always has. It's very good. Um, I'm amazed I didn't actually. But um, – I, I feel I feel rebuked. You're a bit of a recruiter. I feel rebuked. I am a little bit of a recruiter. I'm not, I don't really feel like <laughs> not too much. No. Um, you just want to make sure people are going to a church. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's a that's a really cool thing about. Did you just for any um, any anecdotes? Was there anything you particularly you particularly enjoyed about teaching scripture? Um, all those um, years. My youngest daughter is in her last year of school now, but mm-hmm. I taught her scripture class from year one to year six. I carried them all the way through. And um, and I didn't know whether that would be a good thing or not to have my own daughter's class, but it actually worked out to be fantastic. The kids, um, I guess I built a real relationship with them mm. and they used to ask all kinds of questions and um, they, they, yeah, I, I just, I loved those kids. I really do. I got to, to know them so well. And I remember... They'd love drama whenever I'd mm. teach the lesson. Just that particular group, they loved drama. I've taught at other schools as well and, and they might not like drama. But yeah. So um, that's something I picked up from that, that all kids learn differently. Mm. Oh, yeah. Some just like you to read to them. Some like to be active and like do it as a drama themselves and mm-hmm. they remember the story better that way. So, um, so yeah, that was a, a good thing that I learned through teaching scripture that – that you've got to try all different methods because mm-hmm. everyone's different. And do you think that helped you in other parts of your life? Like like teaching children is like yeah. – It's so funny how we always think that teaching children is going to be easy. Yeah, and <laughs> right? it's not. It's not. And it, but that doesn't – I think that also speaks to us like how I think we make the mistake of uh, – because children are younger, it'll be easier. But it's like they're just, mm. they're just younger people. Yeah, That's right. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think um, – uh, that's why I was asking the question, like what? Because I asked that question because of how leading youth group taught me so many ways of actually being a leader in other circumstances, okay, and understanding that everyone is different, like you're saying, mm. and all that kind of thing. So I'm just wondering, is how did that shape you for other parts of your life, doing scripture teaching? Um, yeah, it it probably did give me um, a greater acceptance of understanding that everyone's different everyone has different strengths and weaknesses Mm. because um (coughs) just in the past 12 months i've taken on being the president of a of a big athletics club and um you come across a lot of different personalities in that (laughs) environment (laughs) and um a lot of volunteers too yes (laughs) yes and and you you learn um how to manage those different personalities and accept that, okay, well, maybe this part of their personality doesn't fit into what where we're coming from here, but but then they've got this strength that's amazing and we'll focus on that strength. Yes. And um, So, yeah, it does definitely help you to understand mm. other areas of your life. And I think people operate much better in their strengths. Uh, there's a, there is a... Um a company or something or uh, like a research company called Strength Finders and they say like ah. people are just happier and work better and feel great operating in their strengths rather yeah. than their weaknesses. Yeah. And because um, but we often live in a society where it tells us that we should just work on our weaknesses because you've already got your strengths. Ah, mm. And yes. I think that's sometimes a, a little bit of a misnomer because uh, we just like talking about the things that we're interested in really <laughs> and also just working in things that we like doing and that makes a lot of sense that some people for example in the athletics club mm. have volunteered because they think oh, at least i can contribute in this way mm. but then there's all the other stuff that's going on within the athletics club and then when you put the an, an additional layer of volunteers on top of that it's like 
it actually gets sometimes gets harder to manage than in a workplace situation because like I'm volunteering my time, <laughs> can't tell me what to do, kind of. Thing. That's true. Yeah. It's not like a paid position and you've got to listen to the boss or mm. you might lose mm. your job. Yeah, it's, it's quite different. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You just yeah, I'm not paying you, so I well you're not paying me, so I don't have to do everything you tell me. Mm. I'm just going to do the things that I want to do, and um, yeah, so it's that. That's a battle. <laughs> yeah, it's challenging. Can I rewind? It yeah, it would be challenging. Can I rewind a little bit back to, you said you became a Christian as you basically around the time you are finishing school. Mm. What Did you have any plans once you finished school and where did you want to go? It doesn't have to be career-wise or just what you were thinking after, you, after in, finishing in school. In general, like yeah. with my faith or just, yeah, everything, anything. Take your pick, Karen. <laughs> this is the Chip Lunch podcast. Um, <laughs> okay, I... I I actually studied the course that I studied because I wanted to help people. So mm. I'm trained in the healthcare field. Um, my mum always suggested that I be a nurse. She she said, oh, you know, you, you're a bit of a bossy boots, Karen. I think you'd be good <laughs> at being a nurse because you could, you know, organise people. <laughs> I didn't know whether to take offence to that or not, <laughs> yeah. but, but I, I know she meant well. Um, it's a strength. It's a strength. <laughs> so I thought, oh, I don't know if it's I like want to be a nurse. And then she actually discovered this career. It's called diversional therapy. So we work in a team with physios and mm. occupational therapists, but the diversional therapist looks at the recreational side of someone's life, like their lifestyle, if they've mm. had a stroke or an amputation, whatever it might be, and that's now going to affect what they used to do. Yeah. We retrain them with other ideas and activities that they can carry on with in their life. So lovely job, lovely. Yeah, and, that's awesome. um, I was working with dementia clients most recently until I resigned a few years ago and um, it was a, a daycare centre where the elderly would come in to give their carers a break and to help stimulate them. Mm. Um, so yeah, I did all kinds of activities with them. So I think when I was doing my training, um, we, we had work experience with the elderly, with young people, but I remember thinking at the time, yeah, I love the elderly. They're really, mm. they're really precious, and we can learn a lot from them. Yeah. So, so I have enjoyed working with dementia clients. But it's funny too that I do children's ministry. And I talk yes. scripture. <laughs> yeah, two ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. And most recently, when I resigned from working at the dementia unit, I um, was doing some nannying work. So I was working <laughs> with newborn babies. So, <laughs> so in a way, they can be similar. They're just, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like they, they need caring for. Mm. So, um, so yeah, that, that's something that was always um, close to me. I wanted to be in a role where I cared for people. Mm. I, I guess too, that's why I lo I've loved being a mum to my four kids and mm. now two grandkids. Mm. My eldest daughter's got boy, girl, Twins, awesome. so I, I look after them regularly as well. Yeah, yeah so that will take some time, especially looking after twins. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep thinking to myself, I'm glad I'm young because <laughs> uh, they're full on. <laughs> and you're probably like, you didn't have any twins, right? So no, like, I'm glad I didn't have any twins. Yes, <laughs> yes, that too. Yeah, okay. Um, I was interested to see that you you just um, point out a few different areas of your career that you've worked in but all that are linked together is caring for people. Mm. Why do you think that is? Mm. And also, and uh, on top of that, what do you think, why do you think God has shown you that's the way you should be I, I was uh, being in your life? I was just going to say, I've always thought that God put us on this earth to care for others. Mm. Like we're here, we're all here for different reasons, but ultimately we have to love and care for one another. And... Um, and my mum set a great example of that. She was such a lovely carer. She was a real, she is, she, she's a very quiet lady, but she just had a, she's always had a lovely manner about her and very caring. And she used to drive me here, there and everywhere mm. to all my athletic meets that I was always in. And, and um, she was such a dedicated mum. And I thought, well, that's the kind of mum I want to be. Um, yeah, and then when I became a Christian, I thought, Okay, well, well, what, what, where does God want me to fit in? Where, mm. What would He want me to do? And I, th I think I just felt a nudge from Him that mm. it was like, okay, um, 
healthcare. Like you can care <laughs> for people. You can, yeah, work, work in, in, in health. And, um, and that's been really great for me. And I remember at one stage thinking I would like to be a teacher. So mm. scripture teaching mm. brought that into it as well. So yeah. I got a bit of, mm. bit of both. And also I also think that um, showing care for people shows a real care for God's people. Like if we're yeah. all in made in, the, in um, his image, that um, I think there's the impetus to talk to, to look after other people for that very reason. And I think mm. whether it's children, um, and you've also mentioned older people, like um, the different spectrums of the can be the most vulnerable in our society. Mm. That mm. we still there's just something about being a Christian that you're like, no, these are God's people that we need to look after, whether they're Christians or not. Mm. And I think because mm. he because he has made them, mm. and um, I'm not really sure where I'm going with that, but I think that that's what you're that you're making me recall. Sorry, you can say. I think on top of that, I think it's really beautiful because we are called to love everyone, Mm. and uh, healthcare is such a great example of Mm. uh, putting yourself in a position where you can just love people Mm. and just look after them. And so I'm really encouraged by that. Mm. Um, And I think there's there's lots of different directions you can go. Uh, even from that perspective, um, but I think yeah, it's really lovely to be um, to be working with people who uh, just just need some love yeah. and some looking after. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a really, really cool. special job. A, a lovely, mm. a lovely experience. Mm. Yeah, and you, I, I'd, I'd always love seeing the smiles on their faces. I'd think, gee, I've got a great job. Mm. <laughs> I resigned because my daughter had the twins, and I just mm. knew she needed to have me around and available. Yeah, to so care, to care for someone yeah, else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Helping her out, and yeah. and um, plus it was lovely to be able to bond with my grandchildren. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, that was really special. It's so nice when you go like whether it's a hospital or something, you get a nurse or a midwife, perhaps when you the um, having a child's being born or something. And you're just like, oh, like, it's just a nice experience when, mm. that, when that person is just so lovely and mm. caring and mm. very friendly. That, that's um, true. Yes, I'm disappointed I didn't get to experience that with you, Karen, <laughs> <laughs> in some way. I was just going to yeah. think, uh, there's a couple of questions I've, I've written down, but the first one was going to be, you trained at college where you said there was really good hot chips. Yes, <laughs> the best. <laughs> <laughs> the best hot chips. You're a relatively new Christian going to that. What's that like going into an area of learning obviously you're learning you've got to learn about the body and learn about people and all that kind of thing first but then you're also not first but also you're a christian at the same time and probably most people there aren't christians what's that like i remember only one situation where my faith came up Mm -hmm. me being a christian um there was maybe half a dozen of us sitting around and I can't even remember how it came up. Maybe we were talking about what we did on the weekend and I talked about going to church. And, and so, yeah, it did open up a few questions. Mm. But one of the girls there, she'd gone to an Anglican girls' school before starting college. So mm. I'm not sure whether or not she was a Christian, but she had a lot of knowledge. And so she was backing me up in my answers. And, mm. and I think maybe because there was two of us, there, everybody else was listening more closely so that that was a good experience yeah yeah and did they what kind of questions do you remember they were yeah, asking yeah i i can't it was more like why do you believe that and do you really think that happened <laughs> yeah. and yeah and as it being a new christian was that hard to answer or was it reasonably you know i can i can I, do this yeah i remember at the time when you're a really new christian you're quite pumped so i remember <laughs> feeling quite pumped in my answers but then I can remember the friend who'd gone to the Anglican school she brought up John three sixteen, mm. and I thought yes and that's become one of my favorite verses mm. um because I thought yeah that that's the crux of what it's all about mm. like yeah and so in the end I remember the all the others just sort of like quietening down and accepting what we were answering and mm. they weren't arguing with us um it it ended quite amicably like it was all yeah. fine yeah, so yeah but that was the only time in in college that something came up yeah okay mm. and so then once you've graduated college did you go straight into the diversional therapy yes okay yes and I where, did. where was that at mainly Sutherland Hospital oh, and I've worked in nice, a couple of yeah that was great mm. um worked in a couple of nursing homes um St George Hospital for a while and also Ramwick 
um, mm. Prince of Wales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there for a, in a dementia unit there mm. for a while. So how long are you working in diversional therapy for? Well, I actually stopped. For the 20 years I was teaching scripture pretty much, I wasn't working because I was bringing up the four kids. Right. So I worked for eight years about eight years until I finally stopped after having my second baby. Mm-hmm. Um, then, yeah, I was just doing voluntary work with scripture and, oh, okay. and on athletics committees. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back to work about five years ago and stayed there for a few years before I resigned again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and because it, I, I want to ask this question because at, at church we really value being intergenerational and being an all-age, all-stage church. What do you think that we can learn from older people which we're not learning because hmm. um, you did say there's a lot for us to learn from them and yeah. I, I agree with you but i'd love to hear what yeah. you actually um probably what i like i loved their stories because i loved history at school that was my favorite yeah, subject nice. so i loved listening to their stories and what <laughs> life used to be like mm. um yeah but you learn how to be more I think they're, they're more simplistic. I, I find today everything's a lot more complex and it's busy and I guess me, um, social media's creeped into our lives. Yeah. Um, they didn't have that. So, yeah, life was more simple and I like that. <laughs> I sometimes think, oh, yeah, I wish I'd been more in that era than now but but um but, you know you have to go the times but mm. yeah i i just um that that's what i really enjoy about is there a, a one story yeah. that one of the men or women told you that is really Ooh. really stuck with you oh it, i bet you one will come to me later but yeah, i can't think right. of it well, now tell, tell us if it comes up that's yeah why. yeah <laughs> <laughs> the other question um, you mentioned your family and I'd really like to get onto that, but I, the other one I wanted to ask you before that was you uh, mentioned athletics quite often and that your mum took you around to a lot of ath- mm. athletic meets and stuff. Tell us about that and why you're so passionate about mm. that and why you enjoy it. Um, I, I was in my school athletics carnival in primary school and I think I won all the races I was in and my yes. mum said to me, oh, so Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was that? What was that, Joel? You whispered that. I, I, uh, could you have brought up this Joel. question for that? No, no, I, no, I didn't. Joel Sorry, had the same experience. I, I did actually. I'm probably not into athletics as much as you are, but I was age champion in primary school there for swimming go. and athletics ah. every year at primary school. So, just so everyone, an all rounder. Just letting everybody know, I'm excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm highly athletic. <laughs> so uh, look at my athletic prowess. Sorry, I didn't mean to make that about me. Sorry. So, yes, no, back to primary school. Um, yeah, so mum said, oh, um, you look like you're a bit of a natural in athletics. We'll put you into little athletics. And her sister had been a good runner when she mm. was younger. So my mum said, oh, maybe you've got your auntie's genes. Got the genes, yeah. Yeah. So I loved athletics. I loved little athletics. I thrived in that, moved up into the senior comps and – um, then I stopped competing when I had my first baby. Hang on, can I go back? What yeah, events? What yeah. events? What? Um, middle distance on the track, so oh, 400, okay. 800. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so. just running, not nothing else. Yeah, I, I was terrible yeah. at field events. <laughs> the decathlon, <laughs> absolutely <or> terrible. <laughs> and I tried race walking once, but I got disqualified. It's <laughs> <laughs> like everyone doesn't everyone get disqualified? Yeah, a lot race do, walking. even <laughs> the pros do. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's very okay, so tricky. Okay, so 400 and 800 yeah, meters. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So I did that until um, I pretty much fell pregnant, I think, with my first baby. So I stopped doing it for 15 years and then in my late 30s, the coach that was training my kids because they've all done mm, athletics yeah. as well. Yeah. Um he he found out somehow that I used to be an athlete, and he said, "Well, instead of Mum sitting in the car when you're here training, get her out there, get her to come and join us." Because he had a few masters athletes in yeah. his squad. Yeah, that's cool. So that's how it started up again. I started training, and um, yeah, loved it. Loved being back in it. Mm. So did it again for eight years until I was forty-seven, and then had a health scare and oh. got told I had to stop. Oh, so, which is why I've stayed really involved from mm. an admin point of view. Mm. I can't actually compete 
Um, mm. Yeah. Can, so. you, can you tell us about the health? I, I can, yeah. So I had a really rare heart attack. Um, really? Yeah. It's, it's called SCAD, which um, stands for Spontaneous Coronary Artery Dissection. So wow. it happens to perfectly fit and healthy people, oh. no symptoms. Yep. Um, okay. I was doing some rigorous cleaning at the time and I had this terrible pain in my chest. I thought, oh, okay, I've overdone it a bit. Um, and then about half an hour later, the um, started. Wow. And like I t- thought, tingles and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, like heavy pain, mm. Um, mm. like severe pins and needles, I guess you oh, could wow, describe okay. it as. And I thought, oh, this, this is like stroke or heart attack symptoms, but mm. I'm really fit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm young. No, <laughs> it couldn't be a heart attack. So I thought, I'll just go and lie down for a bit. Um, yeah, so I was in denial that it was a heart attack. I, I actually, it was a really odd day. There was like a shire wide blackout. Mm. So my instinct was to go to the phone and, and call an ambulance when it got really bad. But, um, the phone was dead because no power. Mm. (laughs) So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll just ring my daughter on my mobile, but it had like 1% left on it. I couldn't charge it. (laughs) So, so I tried to text her but I don't know if it worked I'm not sure if she ever got the message or not but um I just laid down and mm. after a few hours everyone started coming home from school and work and uni and um yeah and it, it got worse again a bit later on so Scott mm. took me to the hospital but um it so the coronary artery just tears out wow. of the blue it just tears they're still doing lots of research to try and figure out what causes it but mm. um yeah um so the cardiologist said well were you training at the time when it happened? Mm. I said, no, I trained the day before but because I just won Masters, Masters Nationals so I was training for Worlds so I was pretty wow. into it. Mm, like yeah. I was going hard. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that all wow. came to a sudden halt. Mm. <laughs> Couldn't do that anymore. So, so, yeah, that was a big adjustment to not be able to do that anymore. Um, but... Yeah, I guess I I love seeing all the young people coming through and how they enjoy doing athletics and um, try and help them as much as I can, giving back. I guess what yeah. what I um, what I experienced all those years of competing. And mm. I mean, athletics probably a big part of your identity. So Absolutely. when when that happened, like how how did you manage to you said adjust to that? Yeah. Um, I guess there was always the why, God, like why, yeah. why did you allow this to happen to me? I, I now can't do something that I absolutely love and mm. takes up a lot of my time other than caring for my family, um, being with my family. But, um, yeah, there was also – you see afterwards why things happen because I've always had that strong belief that God allows everything to happen for a reason um, I can even remember some people coming to visit me the day after the heart attack and they said, oh – we thought you'd look terrible, but you're sitting up smiling. Mm. Yeah, there were all wires coming out everywhere, but I was I was happy, but I was so grateful that I pulled through it because mm. it was a very scary experience. And yeah, the, the cardiologist said, look, you know, you did well to, to get through that. Mm. He said, I think your fitness helped your heart to find another way yeah. to pump the blood through because oh, right. when the artery tears, it causes a blockage and the, the mm. blood can't get through to the heart. So that's what then causes the heart attack. But... um. He said, yeah, obviously your fitness helped you. Mm. Um, so I just, okay, well, th- be thankful to God for that. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I was just thank- thankful that I've pulled through. I'm, I'm going to be fine. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah right. So the tear healed. I just had to stay in hospital for a week for the yeah, tear right. to heal. But I do have permanent heart damage, so mm. that's why I'm not allowed to compete anymore. So... Yeah, I, I can I can walk. I'm allowed to go for big walks. I'm allowed to jog lightly, but yeah, just no mm. um, running that gets the heart rate up too Which is, high. I mean, just practically, it's got to be a bummer when you've spent a lot of your life. Yeah, like, I'm a runner. Like, yeah, yeah. Which, which I don't get, by the way. I don't I don't get long distance running at all. But <laughs> <laughs> I was always a sprinter. When back to back to my back, back, school days, back to your success. Yeah, hundred, two hundred, <laughs> four by one hundred. Um, Definitely a sprinter. Yes, <laughs> yes I was a sprinter. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I just substituted the training time and competing with being in the committee, I guess, and mm. and helping out. I was just a general committee member, and mm. then 
became an official. I do officiating at school carnivals now. And, um, yeah, and eventually they asked me if I could take over the presidency. So that's been interesting as well. Yeah. Is that, ex- yeah. Is that fun for you to do that as well, though? Yeah. At, at first I was quite scared. I thought, I don't, you know. Uh, oh, and my... My tech skills are terrible. <laughs> so I said to them, well, if you want me to take this on, I'm, my, my strength is communicating with people and, um, you know, helping out with anything on the track when we host a meet. But don't ask me to do anything with technology. You'll have to help me with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. you, how much technology do you use? Like, you're obviously, just the timing. I, yes, yes. You have to have timing, um, photo finish. Yep. Um, have you got, like, the... The, is it electronically timed now? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah it's cool. all pretty, pretty high tech. Yeah, and that's cool because oh, cause I'm like going back to my back days. in your day. Yeah, yeah. yeah so of course. there was, it was one the time, right? Stopwatch, so, yeah. Well, that's right. At the school carnivals, it was. But uh, I was in a relay team, and I used to love. I'm a team sport guy, so I used okay. to love relays more than anything yep. because it's like you can really contribute to a team. And so in the swimming. Uh, we actually came, I think we came first in or second in district. And that team, actually, they made it to the regional, mm-hmm. which was at Homebush, which is where the Olympic Park is. Mm-hmm. And they were using the timing. But I went away with my family, so I missed it. I wasn't, oh. they had to get some sub in. Did they lose? Did they lose? I think they came last. they lost. I think they came last Obviously, because you weren't there. That's yeah. why. Well, that's part of it. Um, <laughs> well, I did, I did always swim the final leg, so... Uh, that's where you that put it. the fastest swimmer usually. Yep. Um, but uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> going on about it way too much. <laughs> it's probably like the pi- high point of my success <laughs> in my life in terms of sporting success. But um, uh, yeah, uh, the reason that I was really, really bummed was because they use the electronic timing boards. Ah. And so, like when you finish, you can look Your up. Your name and see. would have yeah. flashed up. Well, the team's the name, team. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean the team. But uh, what a, that's a bummer. But uh, mm. that's why I'm excited about the electronic timing stuff. And like that's how many. It's got to be like 25 years ago or something now. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit less than 25 years ago. So it must be way more advanced than it used to be. So Just to contrast yes. um, <laughs> this this <laughs> outstandingly... When you're coming ex- first in public speaking? Before, <laughs> I, I didn't come... I came first once in my many years of public speaking. Oh, you're so and good at it. I would, do yes. it at, I would do it at... Ethan I, oh, was I'd, a fantastic I do it at school, but every... Like as soon as you leave school, it was... I was, I was not that crash hot. Mm-hmm. But... um. <laughs> But the Same. athletically, <laughs> I consistently came last in running, just like consistently, to the point where my mum and dad tell this story that I can't even remember it. But I was in like year one or kindergarten and I was running this race and my teacher, I was losing so badly oh. that my teacher came on and ran with me, oh. which is like high point of... Like she's amazing. Like it was, it was a testament. The, the reason they tell the story is because it's a testament to how lovely the teacher was. Yeah, yeah. But it's also a testament to how awful I was at running. <laughs> and to this day, I can barely swim. So there's this. Oh. As we, like I, I like yeah. I can't float. Like I just I got nothing. You can't float. I can't even float. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to contribute Surely to this conversation oh, okay. of, of, of people who are good at athletic things. I can't float and I can't run. But you played soccer. I did. Yeah. I with, did. With my son. I did. I remember watching you play soccer. Yep. And I subbed a lot and he did not. Because oh. he could he could just keep going. <laughs> no, and it wasn't it's not a big deal. Like I, this is oh, he's not got the this athletic is not. Uh, endurance. Yes, yeah, yeah, fully. It was just the like oh, Yeah. Jared yeah. had had pace and had could keep it, which <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. He's still like that. He'll stay on the field the whole game. <laughs> Madly. Um, uh, we remember we were talking about chicken salt. What was the actual question <laughs> All the we way were talking back. about chicken salt? We were just looking where for fun facts. From? Where, so where did from, it originate and It's where? from Australia. Oh, mm. So that's okay. what it came on. I think that's what Which we Which is found. why you're both not, you're just, you're just not oh, patriotic. Patriotic. Yeah, patriotic. Wow. Okay. Patriotistic. Patriotic. My public speaking has also gone down here. <laughs> yes, we're clearly not patriots, but it was apparently the. Uh, I think if we remember it correctly, it was for uh, English people came here mm. from England. <laughs> that wasn't clear. Tick. And uh, then I think there was chicken salt in Australia, and they took it back to the oh. UK expats. Mm. Yeah. Expat, expats, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Took it back to the UK when they went back there. So I think yeah. that contributed to the 
uh, worldwide expansion of chicken That's sauce. Wow. What kind of year are we talking about? Uh, when did this happen? That's a good question. Um, we should oh, Origin of chicken salt. Australia's favourite condiment. Oh, it is. It's our, it's our <laughs> favourite condiment. <laughs> it can't be. Yeah, it says culturetrip.com apparently. Uh, this is now... Oh, even the question before is uttered, we already have an answer for regular salt or chicken salt. The answer is often unanimous. Hot chips in Australia are not chips unless doused in the fluorescent yellow oh. seasoning once after plucking them from the deep fryer. This is you, you read that with such disdain and I hear that as something that is a beautiful thing. European immigrants Louis and Tri- Trianka Matani started a business developing salts and spices for restaurants in Adelaide in the 1970s. 1970s. Oh, the 70s. So I think that's oh. the sp- they started adding some spices to the salt and the spice slowly left South Australia and made its way around the country. Ah. And then in 1991 they started selling a retail version of it and right. even exported it to the UK. So there you go. Ah, okay. Why. See, I was at college in the late eighties, so okay. that's why we didn't have chicken salt at the uni canteen. Look at that. There you go. <laughs> See, okay, that's what I'm saying. Like, salt's been around for thousands of years, and then you're going to chuck a few spices in and go, "Yeah, that's better." It can't mm. that can't be true? <laughs> it's just not possible. Again, would you would you change Shakespeare? Can't mess People with do it, it all the time. Ten things I hate about you is a great film. Uh, <laughs> I haven't come seen that. Come out, Joel. I, <laughs> I, well, I, I will. I just need some time. <laughs> but let's go back. Let's go back to Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Karen. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> uh, you've mentioned your family yes. a number of times. How loving and caring your mum was, mm. and then also um, stunning family of Scott. Tell us about your marriage with Scott first, and then. You obviously had four children, so I want to yes. hear about that. And and at the end of it, let's talk about um, what's God taught you being a mum. Okay. Um, so, yes, Scott and I got married um, when I was 21 and he was twenty, just 23. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, when he proposed, he drove me up to Kirawee High School where we met. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at, it was 10, 10 o'clock at night. And oh. I'm thinking, this is a bit sus. <laughs> but walked me into the playground, to the dais... <laughs> And proposed at the dice. Really? <laughs> wow. This, oh that, these are the days you could walk into Yeah, school. I was like, can't do that <laughs> That's now. That's right. There were no fences. Yeah. That's right. So, so yes, that, that was very romantic. Was it, I was going to say, is it like that was the kind of proposal you were wishing and hoping for? I, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> I, but, but, um, but yes, that, that was very sweet. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's um, a I feel like that's an answer of like oh uh, it was okay <laughs> no that was that's lovely uh, I think that's it, really cool it, it was right. thoughtful he was yeah, well, actually okay. we met at the school swimming carnival but he said to me we couldn't climb the fence of Sutherland Pool at ten o'clock at night no, yes. yeah. thought we'd get in trouble so I thought I'll do the next best thing and take you to the school that's playground instead okay. so yeah. see more so, con- yes. more context helps with that <laughs> also also sneaking over climbing a fence. Would have been a little bit more sus on yes. your point. Oh, it was like, yes. yeah. is yeah. he getting me to steal lane rope? <laughs> yeah, like what is? <laughs> Are we going swimming? Yeah. <laughs> oh, skinny dipping? No, no, no. that's all right. So the school seemed more appropriate, but mm-hmm. lovely. Um, yes, Did they raise so a flag in your honour afterwards? No, no. But I remember some years later, I met a lady who worked in the office there, and mm-hmm. I told her. The story, and she just couldn't believe it. She thought mm. it was amazing that mm. that a couple had got engaged at the school in the playground. Yeah, she's like, I hate this place. Why would you get? Why would you do a proposal here? They should have played the national anthem when you said yes. <laughs> you know, no, no, that, no, that doesn't happen. Maybe, it, maybe it got me a tech in the seventies. <laughs> What when you, you went to school. Are <laughs> <laughs> you saying I went there in the seventies? <laughs> I just remember school. Um, uh, assemblies, yeah, they'd right. always play in the national right, okay. so that's what I was thinking. Yeah, sure. Bom, 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 bom. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, yes. Anyway, so, sorry. Yes. <laughs> please, please continue. <laughs> so yes, we got married um, in at in January 1990. So we were fresh out of the 80s. So big hair, big shoulder pads. Yes, let's yes. do it. It was come <laughs> on. That is so good. Did he have a mullet? So, no, he didn't have oh. a mullet. Thank goodness. <laughs> Is he going to bring it now that they're coming oh, back? Oh, yeah, they're back now. Yeah. Uh, they're back in full, uh, full strength. I think he's receded a little bit too much <laughs> yeah, right, to okay. be able to bring it in. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's lovely. Uh, Business so at the front, yes. party at the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where was your honeymoon? Hmm. Oh, we went to um, – 
the Gold Coast. Lovely. And then Coffs Harbour on the way back. So Lovely. half and half. Oh, yeah. Super nice. Is that a driving holiday? Yes, we did Ooh. drive. Mm. Yes. And what kind of car for the trip, Karen? Ooh. Oh, we like had – that's right. Alcohol. Because I, I was now – I was fresh into the workforce. Oh. I had just bought myself a new car. Mm. So we went away in my new little laser. Oh, Ford and laser. Yeah, Very and, cool. we, and we, we actually, the first night we stayed on the Central Coast, so I remember driving up the freeway with these dolls and streamers and cans <laughs> hanging off the back of the car because <laughs> the bridal party had attached it all to That's the car. So, <laughs> so So that probably caused quite a racket. That's the best. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, yeah. Okay, and then so um, you were married for, a, for a, a while before you had kids? Two, three years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, two of our four kids were a surprise, actually. So, yes, probably had kids early than we planned. But that was great. It all worked out really well. Yeah. So, our first three kids are all about three years apart each. And then the third one was starting school and I got very clucky again. So, six <laughs> years later, along came Chloe. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, to, there's a big gap down to her. And as I said before, she's in year 12 now. Oh, that's mm. lovely. Yeah. And we were talking last week that all your kids can be so different. Oh, we were saying that, weren't we? And yeah. that's the, uh, one of my favourite things about parenting is that they're like, oh, they're going to be like me. And they're like... They have some parts of me mm. and other parts of the other person that I'm married to. <laughs> but then, like, so that was such disdain. But that's, it's actually a conversation um, uh, I was also having with Kate Jones last Saturday night at mm. church. Was she was saying that it's amazing what God does with her children in relation to the which genes and personality traits they pick up from mm. from their parents and in each individual child and it's really fascinating like most of my children look more like my wife i think but they have they're more likely they've been more likely to have my blue eyes for example mm. well they mm. all have my long eyelashes as an example mm. but they yeah. have but then they like what are you laughing at my long eyelashes <laughs> for just look at your eyelashes now and i didn't notice they he were long noticed and, and now, now i can see how beautiful they are i'm just batting them at you <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i suppose uh like let's expand let's expand that conversation to include your children mm. what is what is it that you like about that particular way that god works um with children I think it's fantastic because it makes your family life so interesting. Yes. Mm. Um, sometimes it might cause arguments because they've got totally different opinions on things, but it's good to help them understand um, that it's okay for someone to think differently to you or to have different interests to you um, because you're going to come across that in life. So mm. if you can learn to um, accept it and adapt to it within your family environment, then you'll, you'll be better off. Mm. Out in the big wide world. Yeah. And what do you think, uh, that was my other question was, what do you think God has taught you being a mum? Because four kids is a lot and you have to adapt and change with a lot going on. And then there was a big gap, like you said. Yeah, yeah, starting uh, all over again. with Chloe. Um, So I think he's taught me to be very patient, tolerant. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I guess my weakness as a mum was it took me a while to realise that parents aren't always right. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so so your kids teach you along the way that, mm. okay, yeah, yeah, mums and dads aren't perfect. You did make a mistake there and try and work that out with, with your child. Um, so, yeah, um, but, yeah, definitely patience mm. when you've mm. got four kids and... <laughs> then grandkids start coming along. Yeah. What did patience look like from when, like, perhaps you first started having children to the end? Oh. How did it change and what and how did it teach you to change? Um, I think with my first child, it, it was patience as in anything you want to do for yourself – you've just got to put it on the back burner because this little person needs your care, you know, all the time until they become a bit more independent. Um, So, yeah, that was just that patience. So, you know, your turn will come when you'll get to do things you want to do again. At the moment, you just focus on this little person. Um, 
But by the time I had the fourth child, it was patients more with all the different dynamics that were going on in the family. Um, don't get stressed about it. Like, they'll work it out. They'll work mm. it out between them and or you'll work it out with them. Just, um, yeah, so a different kind of patients. Mm. And obviously that's um, helped you change as a person. Do you think it has helped you to rely on God more in those situations as well? Yes, for sure. Yes. I'm sure over the years... I've become a better prayer because mm. you, you pray more and more. Like I'm not just praying when when there's um, an intense moment, I guess, but praying, being thankful all the time too, mm. like when, when there's all the wonderful moments. So um, we, we can often have a tendency to just call out to God and pray when things are going wrong, but, but I love to thank him when things are going well. So... Uh, I'll often have my uh, the older three all drive and they're independent, but my youngest one still hasn't got her license, so I drive her everywhere, and I'll pray in the car in the shopping centre for a parking spot, and mm. and then there'll be one, and I'll go, thank you God, and my daughter will look at me, because <laughs> she she hasn't heard me pray. I've pray, I've prayed in my mind, mm. but then I'll say out loud, thank you God, and she's be thinking. Why are you just suddenly saying thank you, God? (laughs) (laughs) I go, he gave us his parking spot. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, um, yeah, definitely prayer increased over Mm. the years, Mm. praying for Mm. everything you can, Mm. yeah. I was just going to ask you about uh, how long you've been coming to Sorrel Bible Church and also you're involved in Fuse Leadership, so Mm. I'd love you to tell us about that. Okay, so I think I've been coming for four years now. Um, Sunday mornings initially, Scott and I would come Sunday mornings. Um, we wouldn't get here every week because Scott works in the building industry, so he works six days a week. So Sunday mornings he was often like, oh, I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sleeping in this week. Um, and then when I started to help out two years ago with the Friday afternoon fuse, um... I didn't realise at first that there was a Friday evening service. Mm. wasn't even aware of it. Mm. So I started staying back to attend that. I thought, this is great. I'm working with the, the kids and then I get my spiritual input. Not, not that you're not getting spiritual input when you're working with kids. You, you, you do, but mm. It, mm. it's nice to be refreshed and receive learning yeah, yourself. Um, so, so, yeah, I've been really enjoying the Friday night services. So then it's worked out that because during COVID the live streaming started, Mm. um, Scott and I could sit at home on a Sunday morning and watch it, the service that way. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I, we got, got the best of both worlds, I guess. I'm, I'm attending in person, but then we can watch it, um, at home as well. Lovely. Yeah. And, um, why did you decide to lead Fuse, which is our year five and six group on Friday? Um, Again, I, it was just a nudge that I felt from God. I think I was feeling a bit of an emptiness because I couldn't do scripture anymore. We weren't mm. allowed to go into the schools during COVID and no, teach. Right. Um, I thought, what else could I do um, to fill that gap? And, um, yeah, so I contacted Stu and I said, oh, I saw an ad in the – I think it was probably in the weekly newsletter about mm. um, what different groups we have in the, within the church and – it probably said if anyone thinks I can help with any of them, mm. put your hand up. It might, there was probably something for the the catering role, all kinds of things, um, hospitality. So I thought, oh, well, I, I could help out with the five, six kids. I'm mm. used to that age group. Yeah, and lovely. Yeah, so um, Stu put me in touch with Anna and it just went from there. Mm. Well, thanks, well, thank you very much for, yeah. for doing it. It's awesome. It's, it's We're really pleasure. grateful for that. I, I love them. They, the kids are gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know how they'd feel having an older person <laughs> help it's, out. It's beautiful. Anna's younger. She's at a different stage to me. and mm. um, But, yeah, it's been nice. I sort of – I feel like um, I can have a bit of a older motherly role and – the kids will often open up and mm. tell me little stories. So it's mm. nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. There's there was this really cool moment at the at the Friday gathering a while ago now, uh, where <laughs> to Braden was doing a sermon and to prove a point, uh, he asked a question of, "Oh, how how many of you uh, have friends that are older than ten years than you?" And the the question was 
to not get much of a response. It was one of those like, uh, make you think questions, but yes. half the room just, they just, everyone just put their hands up. <laughs> and Raiden's like, oh, uh, well, that's good. Like, <laughs> had yeah. to change where he was coming yeah. from. Damn intergenerational <laughs> yeah. and, and it was just, it was just really cool that um, there is that culture. Yes. Um, and, and it starts in Fuse. Like mm. it doesn't, uh, mm. oh, it starts earlier than that actually, but um, in our kids ministry on the weekend, but um, it's really cool that for a Friday it starts in Fuse and mm. um, we've got, all ranges of ages hanging out. And, yeah. Uh, it's it's really beautiful. I love it. Yeah. And it's really yeah. cool that you're there every Friday and helping out. It's awesome. Yeah, it's thanks. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, now, before we uh, wrap up the chips, as mm. we like to say, we've got the final question that we like to have uh, been asking, which uh, I was telling you before, Karen, helps us get the title for the podcast. Usually, <laughs> <laughs> more often than not. And also, yeah, when we do clips for it. Um, so now we've looked at across your life and into different parts of it uh, as a Christian now what do you wish you knew back then when you were a, a younger Christian younger Christian I think to um, have more confidence in who I am because as I said I, I didn't openly tell people I was a Christian when I was younger um, and I I think I was worried about being considered socially unacceptable that kind of you know how sometimes when people think oh she's a nerdy christian you goes to god squad That's yeah what my, my that kind of that. thing <laughs> yes and not that i was a party girl by no means was i a party girl um and i was never in the cool group but i just um i don't know i just wanted to feel like i fitted in i guess yeah. so um yeah, I wish I could have been more confident and more bold. Even st still now, I'm I'm not overly bold about my faith, but and I should be because my friends know that I'm a Christian and they're happy for me to talk about um, my faith with them. But um, but yeah, I I wished I could have always had more confidence mm. to to speak up about my faith and Christianity. Mm. Yeah. And do you think that's that has changed over time? It, it's definitely improved, but I'm still not as as but confident as I'd like to be. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's something we've talked about on um, uh, the Shock Absorber podcast is being confident Christians and how, how we can do that. So um, I think that because uh, <coughs> we've been talking about evangelism and that was something after we went through what we talked about in the evangelism series on the shock absorber, it was, I was like, I had more confidence to be able to do, to be able to tell people about Jesus. So that's not a, <laughs> that's not a plug. I'm just trying to um, say that I can understand where you're coming from. Cause mm. I think mm. I was like that mm -hmm. to a certain degree when I was younger as well. So mm. that makes mm. a lot of sense. Unlike this guy next to me, who was, <laughs> who was a ballin' Christian <laughs> from way back. Well, you were a Christian when you were four or five, weren't yeah, you? Something like that. Yeah. But and I think I think um, the thing with being confident about your faith, um, I think I'm 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 very aware that I'm very blessed mm. in my uh, like I've been gifted with a with a confidence in on mm. this perspective. But it's it's definitely not something that I've just got from myself because mm. uh, I'm not confident in everything I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not confident in a lot of things I do. Okay. Um, yeah. But um, I, that's something I have never really struggled with. Mm -hmm. And um, however, um, I have heaps of friends who have had tr trouble with it for mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And it's different um, parts of the body, but right? Uh, 100%. Mm -hmm. and, that, and, that's, and that's, I think, where I was getting to. I think um, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we just, I think what was really helpful when you were talking about your uni example, uh, you were sharing that you were doing it in pair, you were doing it with another with another friend, mm. um, and you weren't sure how um, how where, where she was at mm. per se, mm. um, but you were able to help one another as you were in conversation. I yeah. think uh, something something I've learned about boldness as a Christian is, uh, yeah, I can do it alone, and I can be really bold alone, mm. but it is nowhere near as effective if I have someone next to me. Yeah, and. Um, and that's someone who that's from someone who is bold. Mm. Um, and so, how much more true is it if um, for someone who is um, who struggles a little bit more with it? Like mm. my advice is find someone that can help you. They don't have to be bold, mm. <laughs> but if you can both, if you both know you're in it together, um, it's heaps easier. True. Um, immediately. Mm. Um, and 
I think that um, that it's really important to to be to stand out as a Christian, um, and that's something that I personally been talking about in Scripture a lot. Okay. Is like, guys, how do we do this? Because I don't think I, I think there's a lot of I don't think we do it very often mm. uh, culturally. Mm. Uh, I don't think we we um, stand out as very different sometimes. Um, and if we do stand out as different, people don't necessarily know why. Yeah. Um, and that's the really important bit, the, the, the people knowing why. And I think um, I'm, really in, I'm really encouraged by you, Karen, because I think despite you saying that you're not bold, um, you just said that all your friends know you're Christians. You're a Christian. <laughs> yeah. And your family knows you're a Christian. Yeah. And that as a, as a step in itself is something that a lot of people don't get to. Right. Um, and a lot of people struggle with mm. is just that, that oh, I, I really struggle to – to tell people I'm a Christian. That's mm, that's mm. the first, that's often a, a conversation I'll have with people. And um, so I'm really encouraged that it, um, by by you and at least that's there, right? Mm, and like, true. you've got that groundwork in. Um, and mm. so it's just what you and what God can do with it, right? Yeah. Um, and whether that be bringing someone else in, whether that be um, your own personal um, boldness changing or shifting or whatever, but, um, I do. I want to just want to encourage you, and I think mm. um, I already think you are uh, you. <laughs> quite bold uh, with with that little information. Oh, right? Just teaching um, scripture, yeah, right. Like, like yeah. Well, as I said, I, I was petrified of that at first, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the, I guess the parents never brought it up with me because um, mm. I was teaching kids that were my. Um, kids friends mm. but but those parents never spoke about it with me but they obviously knew oh Karen must be Christian she teaches scripture at the school yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. so but, but I think that's also um, that's what I've been really encouraged about having you on the podcast is that while you think you may not be be being bold enough like it's really clear that God has your heart and like all the instances we've talked about you caring for people mm. um I think that God has given you that gift and I think you have been using it for mm. a very, very long time. Very long time. Mm. And I think that's really, really encouraging for us. 100%. To, to know that mm. we, can, we can do it in our actions as well as our words. Mm. Mm. And I think that's really, um, that's why I've really loved having you on the, on the podcast today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much Thanks. for coming on. It's been on. great chatting to you. Yeah, it's been really, yeah. pleasant, really pleasant, really lovely. And uh, I always like doing the Chip Punch podcast because I always learn about you know, I, I feel like we're we're in a, sanctifying each other in a way of just like talking about this kind of mm. stuff. So thank you. Yeah. And I'll and I'll forgive you for for not liking chicken salt. Well, that's it. Joel's that's got an ally. Oh, sorry. Yeah. We'll, f- <laughs> we'll forgive you for not being ace champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. We we can be different as Christians. Yeah, that's, 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 that's right. Exactly. Yes. That's the point. I think I think that's the final point. Is that, and again, this is coming from Ephesians that we're doing right now. Mm. Is that God gives us gifts according to his grace to fit in with his church and yeah. be all different parts of the body and be operating together in unity in Christ. So that's what I got out of this podcast. So thank mm. you very much. Great. Karen, we always like to finish with a one way. Would you? Are you happy to join us in Absolutely. a one way? Absolutely. Thank you very much for being on. Thank you, Ethan. And one way. One way. One way. One way.